0: hey everybody jason here before we start i just want to mention that this episode's a little bit more crass than usual there's probably some things that if you're listening with kids around maybe don't want them to hear so take that into account before you hit play and now on with the show
1: what pops up the beer or a cold lot I should tell you how i wrote this little thing I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some movie clips and popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching And some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the box go on Contest, and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down, let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Podcast
0: with the other Jason welcome back to nerds RPG variety cast I'm your host Jason this is another episode in my water Hill retrospective and I'm joined today by MW from the worlds of MW Lewis podcast how are you doing today MW
1: Oh, I'm very good, Jason, Uh, and I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you, and I thank you for inviting me on.
0: Oh, Thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to this myself. This is a great movie. So we are going to do full spoilers. We're talking about 1979's The Warriors. So if you haven't seen The Warriors, you can find it easy enough, streaming, various places, check it out. But honestly... I don't know that there are a ton of spoilers r- really in this movie, and there's not a bunch of twists, to be honest.
1: You you can figure out how this movie is going to end as soon as it starts. <laughs> yeah, per- pretty much, pretty much. Um, but it's it's great fun anyway, right?
0: Yeah. No, no. Like I so said, I'm glad you picked this one. We, you know, we we talked about different movies, and and this is a neat one. So, I this is early in Walter Hill's career too. But yeah. So, so I guess maybe we should talk a little bit about the background of the movie. So, originally, this was a 1965 novel, and I'll mispronounce his name, but Saul Yurkin, I I think is how you say it. He he wrote a novel. The novel's a little bit grittier. Uh, I, I've actually, you can get it on Audible depending on your subscription through Amazon. I was able to download it for free. I haven't finished it, but but it's definitely more gritty. Um, there's a harder edge to it. it, it the gang in, in that novel, or it's African-American, Hispanic gang, the producers for the movie made them do a more integrated, your typical Hollywood gang that has, you, you know, every different- The kind Warriors,
1: of- you mean? The Warriors, you mean? Yeah, the but Warriors. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, in the movie, they're kind of, white bread with, with, uh, yeah. some black and Hispanics in it, but go <laughs> yeah. on. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to oh, make no, sure. No, you're, no,
0: you're right. It, no, in, the movie.
1: in the movie and in the book, there are black gangs, yes. uh, Hispanic gangs, white gangs. Uh, but the warrior in the movie is a, clearly a multiracial gang with the requisite white leading man.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause in the novel, yeah. it's, it's actually the dominators, not the warriors is the, the gang in the novel, but
1: but anyway, okay, in fact, all so, the name, all the gang names were changed for the movie. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, well, so the, so we have the script floating around and Waterhill and it ends up coming in his lap. And it's so like, we're going to do this as next movie. And the studio wanted to change things. You know, that, like you say, they wanted to more integrate the gang. They, 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 they want to hop on this thing of youth. You know, there's other youth gang movies being developed at this time, The Wanderers. And, and and is the, the more they change things, the Water Hill. We've seen this before, in other. Well, we, we'll see this in future movies. We haven't actually seen it yet. So much in his movies, we'll see this really in Streets of Fire. But he, you know, so he embraced more of the the flamboyant and, and the fantasy side of it, and that's where all these gangs come from. The, these other gangs, because they're obviously yeah. these aren't gangs. You will really see you know, this is a, a a fantasy version of, of the gangs, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we should go through later and talk about the various gangs yeah. and what makes them unique. Well, I do want to turn back to the novel that you kind of jumped yeah. ahead here. If it's OK, I want to say something about the novel. And I think the guy Saul Yurik, Yurik, I don't know what you said, but I'm Yurik sorry. sounds like a, maybe a Jewish guy, actually, which is maybe there was a Jewish gang in the book. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, and that would be possible. They'd be pretty tough, you know, pretty tough Jewish gang. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know, uh, you must know this, Jason, that the, the tale was inspired by the Greek, the the Xenophon Greek uh, story, An- Anabasis, which I didn't know anything about. But I like I told you, I did some research before I got on your show. I wanted to be I wanted to sound smart for this episode. I wanted to go against the trend of my podcast and sound intelligent. So I wanted to just bring up the Xenophon story, Anabasis, which is about these Greek soldiers who have to take a journey home. These Greek warriors, from they have to get home from Persia. And at the end, of course, they end up at the 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 sea and uh, the Greek sea and and everything's great at the end. So <laughs> and it's kind of an autobiography by Xenophon. He was one of the warriors. He was the white lead character in in the in the warrior movie. That's Xenophon from you know 400 BC. Now that's all I'm going to say on that because I don't know this Greek story, uh, and I never read the novel of of yeah. the the warriors novel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, well, so the novel is based on that, but it you know it it it's a lot more like the movie. It's so interestingly enough, and I know I sent this to you. If anybody's seen the ultimate director's cut, you know Waterhill originally looked at this more of a comic book kind of thing, which in kind of see in the different gangs, and he wanted comic book style transitions between the the different parts of the movie and in in, a, in an opening he was able to add this in the, I think it's 2005, the ultimate directors cut. And, and, and you can find that one if you go to YouTube, you can find the opening where, where they changed it up a little bit. And, and I don't know if that it, it's interesting. And I think it's a great story to adapt, but I wonder if it really does, if it hurts the movie more and helps it to actually put that in, in the front of it, because it's, it is a lot different, you know. It's pretty jarring transition. You see these comic panels talk about two thousand years ago in Greece and this and that, and now we're in New York for the rest of the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I feel the connection between this story and that Greek story is tenuous. I think there's other movies or or books written based on like the Odyssey or other stories that are much closer. I can actually pinpoint it. Uh, even Ulysses by James Joyce, you can actually see the actual chapters. I, I did do a little more research on that Xenophon Greek tale, and uh, from what I read, of course, I read the Cliff Note versions on Wikipedia. Maybe even worse, right? So, but I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm not having trouble connecting the movie yep. to that tale, that Greek tale. So I agree with you. That storybook panel, which you shared with me. I think it's confusing. If I if I watched that version, I would have been confused.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the theatrical cut is is probably the best way to see this movie. Uh, honestly,
1: the, yeah, just a tale about New York gangs. I don't, why do we have to put the Greeks in it for? If right. anything, I was thinking more like Odyssey. A little bit like Odyssey in a way, because, you know, we'll get into it. But one of their encounters is with the sirens. You know, right. they have the sirens yep. and, you know, you. I could, I mean, using my own imagination, I could match this up with the Odyssey much better than that Xenophon tale.
0: Well, yeah, because the Xenophon tale—you have the two brothers, and you have all kinds of stuff going on there that we don't yeah. see at all in here. So,
1: yeah, yeah, there's stuff about payment; they didn't get paid at the end. I mean, there's all this stuff, right? And yeah. it's it's basically an autobiography too. It's not really meant to be some kind. Of, well, anyway, so yeah, so why don't we talk about the movie, Jason? I uh, yeah. we
0: we're we're like five minutes or ten, and we haven't even said what the movie's about. No, well, I mean, you kind of touched on it. So, so in the Warriors, what we have. Is Cyrus, who is part of the the is it the riffs or the griffs? Shoot, I don't I don't you you, yeah the riffs Riffs. leads the riffs, right? And and this and he calls he's put out feelers to all the other major gangs, not all the gangs in New York, but I I think it's at a hundred the hundred biggest gangs in New York they reached out to. And had them send representatives, nine representatives from each gang, and told them not to bring any weapons, but they were all gonna meet. And and so that's the the opening is is very well done. In the opening, we see the warriors, the, the representative from the warriors going to this meeting, and we get to meet each of the warriors and kind of get a feel for each of these characters as they're traveling on the train to to get there. And it's a visual.
1: You meet you meet them visually. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a visual yeah. meeting. They don't really have any dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you forgot to mention, that they're the Coney Island gang, yeah. which you did say, but they start the movie off showing yeah. the Coney Island, What what's it called, the Wonder Wheel or something? Which yeah, the With, the with, with its neon one. lights yeah, and yeah. the music, the opening music. Honestly, this is a well-made, I, I, it's, a, it's kind of a silly premise, but this is a really well-made movie. The detail in this movie, from the very beginning... It it does not decline from beginning to end. The detail in this movie,
0: <laughs> uh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, you're you're right. So so yeah, let's let's get into that detail a, a little more. You you're, you're right. We we don't want to. People have already watched us, hopefully, but so we're, yeah. we're on the train, and and so we've got the, the Cleon is the 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 leader, right? But he, uh, yeah, or yeah, ahead. Cleon's the leader of of, I of, think. of the word, yeah. Yeah.
1: And go ahead. And so, yep. You got
0: it. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's going to, and now we're not going to see very much him. Dorsey White, right, plays Cleon, but we're, we're going to meet each of the Warriors going in the meeting. But the major ones that we're interested here are Swan, played by Michael Beck, who that part originally, I believe they wanted Tony Danza yeah. for that part originally. Um, but, but Sw- Michael oh, Beck. my God. it. I, I I don't think I can't see Michael Joe Beck's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um Ajax. No, nah, that good. would have been a mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I, I think Michael Beck does a great job. In fact, I think I think there are strong performances almost throughout here. There, there's maybe one or two weak, you know, minor parts, but for the most part, all your leads are are strong actors and they do a good job. Um James Leymart. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go
1: ahead. I think we're breaking up a little. So I, I don't know if it's me or you.
0: Yeah, maybe the connection. Sorry about that. Hopefully this will clear up here. Um Ajax is played. who's the basically the the enforcer, kind of like the sergeant of arms for the gang. So Cleon's the leader. Swan is the right hand man. He's the warlord, is is what they call him, but he's basically the second in command. Ajax is like the sergeant of arms, and he's played by James Remar. Who does a, a suitably yeah. slimy version of, of this character? R- really well done. You, Your other major character in this, really- and James
1: Remar goes on. Go uh, James Remar goes on with uh, another actor in this movie, David Patrick Kelly, uh, and they're in Forty Eight Hours.
0: Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, another Water Hill movie. Um, David Patrick Kelly plays the leader of opposing gang, and and actually, most people are going to know him. Probably from Commando, to be honest, I, I would think. Because, you, you know, he, he's, you know, Sully in Commando. Yeah. So that that's probably the role he's mo- most well known for. But he's in a bunch of things. Um, gr- great actor. Uh, I, th- I think we can talk about people maybe as we come across them. But I, I don't know. Were there any of the other yeah. uh, warriors that, that, that are well, really worth mentioning? You uh,
1: did you mention... Uh,
0: yeah, did you mention Vermin?
1: There's Vermin. No, no, he's kind of like ahead. Yeah, yeah, there's Vermin. He's like the the young horny guy, you know, in the fun, he's kind of the comic relief of the group. I like his character. He's played by Terry Michaels. I I don't really know. I don't know who he is really. I don't think he's been ever uh, in anything else. And then there's Rembrandt, who's yep. kind of the young the youngest of the warriors. And interestingly, as tough as Ajax is, Ajax kind of has Rembrandt under his wing uh, and kind of looking out for him in the beginning of the movie. Uh, but of course, later on, he's not there to to do that.
0: Right. Yep. David Harris plays Cochise. He's yeah. One, Cochise is the one with the headband. He has like feathers off his headband. Um, and- the Indian,
1: yeah. The Indian garb. He's a cool, right. he's a cool yeah. one. Yeah.
0: yeah. He's great. Uh, there's also Cowboy. He's the one with a hat. Tom McKittrick plays him. Um, we and yep. interestingly enough, not credited in the movie is Fox. And and Fox is Tom's G. Yeah. Waits. Thomas G. Waits, who was kind of an up-and-coming actor at the time, but he got into some arguments with Waterhill Hill in the set. Water Hill's like, this guy's gotta go. So they he's the one that gets thrown in front of the subway or in front of the, the car.
1: He gets thrown into the train. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The easiest way to get rid of an actor is just throw them in front of a subway car. Yeah. That's common. It, that's a common uh, way in New York to get out of acting contracts to just throw them in front of the subway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it eliminates <laughs> the problem, right? And, and then, um, but, but Thomas G. Wait, Yeah. He, he's saw gone. he was being cut. His part was being cut down. He asked for his name to be removed from the movie, which is why you don't see it in the credits. He's come back ah. and said he regretted it since regretted that since then. He was actually supposed to be the love interest. Oh, well, for, tough on him, man. Yeah. He he was supposed to be love interest for Mercy played by Do the girls? Yeah, for Deborah Van uh-huh. Rosenberg, yeah. who who does a great job in here. And we've seen her before. She was in a number of the Albert Pune movies that I talked about last year. And and she's also in Streets of Fire, but I I think is Mercy. Now, really, she's the only female character other than the DJ. Well, and the Lizzie's. So we'll talk about the Lizzie's. But Mercy's the the main uh, female character in this. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, she's the love interest for Swan and uh you know i read different uh, uh uh versions of what her character was i read somewhere that she was supposed to be a prostitute i only really I, I don't really think so though i don't know i was gonna ask you what you thought i didn't think she was supposed to be a prostitute i think she's just a young woman in the town you know who who well, kind of dug swan and wanted to hang out with them
0: yeah well she even says that she's got a part in the movie later on where they're talking you know he's like why are you doing this why are you hanging out you know or and basically she says, you know, I I, I want to live now. I, I don't want to be one of these ladies I see on the street that are, you know, with a big belly that are pregnant and have kids running around them and all this. I, I want to be out partying every night and living life now. You know, that the whole youth idea of this is life and you know, we're gonna yeah, die tomorrow to yeah. so live now, right? And and that's kind of what she's doing.
1: And even in that scene, when when he says something about her sleeping with a lot of men, I, I felt Like when she said, yeah, sure. I kind of felt like she's just saying that to be oppositional to him. I didn't really get the sense that she's like, you know, even like a loose woman. I mean, I'm sure uh, given the nature of her character, she's obviously sexually experienced. That's Mm -hmm. probably not within doubt. But I didn't I don't get the sense that she just like slept around with everybody in that other gang or whatever. Uh, You know, I kind of felt like she was a good girl who like kind of like the good guy. She thought he was a good guy and she just wanted to be with a good guy.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's right. Cause when he talk, cause you, when you, you see look in her face when he talks about, you know, maybe the gang should pull a train on her and things like that, that, you know, she wasn't, obviously, that, that didn't seem attractive to her. So, yeah, I, I think that helps. If you just pay attention to her, the way she acts, the character and, and her mannerisms and all, I, I think you're right. I think it, it portrays that, that kind of character that, you know, the, the good girl who's yeah. in a bad situations, up in a bad neighborhood and just trying to find a way out or at least find find the best option for her in that bad situation.
1: That's right. And she picks a guy who's really no better than she is, but he is a knight. He is of all the characters. He seems like the one who's not going to be a gang member in a couple of years. <laughs> like that's kind of how I viewed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So we, we, we meet these characters during the opening credits, which is great. The, the way it, it it maximizes that time that screen time, and Water Hill's done this before, and we'll see it later on as well. He does a great job of not wasting that credit sequence and and putting good you you know good background and, and getting the story going during the credits. Sorry, folks, been a long day, so words are hard for me right now. But we we get to the meeting, we 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 get to our location, and I'm going to throw it to MW here, and he and he can. Talk about what Cyrus is, is why he's called them all together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Cyrus, th- this is a great setup for the movie first. of all, I think this is just, this is such a good movie. Really? People need to watch this movie if they haven't. Yeah, I like this. I first watched it in the eighties at a friend's house and uh, I love the movie immediately. So there's a big meeting and Cyrus is like, uh, he's kind of like this inspirational gang member and he's, he's standing in the center of this park in, uh, the Bronx and uh, and I love it because this if you're young and you watch this movie, you're going to wonder why there's these huge iron bolts sticking out the side of the of the playground equipment near the ladder where you could like poke your eye out. And that's because our parents didn't love us. And that's what they let us play on. So Cyrus is standing on one of these play sets with just wood and metal and iron, you know, big, big uh, bolts sticking out. Uh, and he's given this inspirational speech. Right. He's like a, he's like a politician. And uh, the and, and some of the warriors, they show through the faces of some of the warriors who wander away from the warrior pack and get closer to hear the inspirational leader talking about unifying the, this hundred or so gangs invited. And then he talks about all the other gangs out there and all the um, lesser ranked ones. I forget what he called them. And he said he basically said we can form a union. We can unite together and basically run the city, he said. We would outnumber, I think he came up with some kind of number like 48,000 people or 60,000 people would be in this group, right?
0: Yeah, he said 60,000 gang members, and he said there were only 20,000 cops on the payroll in the whole city.
1: Yeah. And he said, we basically, we would and he said, the mob, we would be more powerful than the mob. we'd run. And the gangs, they're getting into it, man. They're like, yeah, like, you know, we're all, he's like Lenin. He's like Vladimir Lenin. Right. And this is the proletariat. They're like, we're all in, let's go hang the czar. But what happens? I'll let you, I'll let you take over. What happens to poor Cyrus?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because he's still giving the speech. And we see police cars with their lights off, yeah. slowly surrounding the park, and, and they're just waiting, right? But before the, the pigs, can, the go fucking ahead. pigs. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Can I say "f" but, and pigs on your show? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll put the, the pigs. Man, I, I mean, like I, I already mentioned the the whole train thing, so you know we're already in that territory. But anyhow, and, and this is a hard movie, folks. If you haven't seen it, be aware that. Even though it's kind of comic book like in some ways and fantastical in some ways, they don't shy away from you. You know, talk about sexual things and language, and you're going to hear racial epitaphs, and you're going to hear things, slurs, and things oh, like yeah. that. In this movie, it, yes. it's R-rated movie. A big, it's a big different. warning.
1: What do you call that? Um, when you have to, it's the sensitivity thing. Now you have to have these big, the warning that this is just a movie of its time written by a, a, based on a book written 10 years earlier. So right, yeah, but, be prepared.
0: But what you're hearing nonsense. there isn't, uh, honestly, it's not any worse than you would hear people say, gangs saying today, or, you, you know, in real life, Let, let's be honest. Um, well, not quite saying, frankly, the
1: black gangs don't refer to themselves a certain way that, that black people refer to themselves. Young black men use a word in particular to refer to each other. You don't hear that in the movie because Black people, when I grew up, black people didn't use that word like that, like it's used today. Yeah.
0: but, but anyway, that's not used so, do yeah. 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 So we threw that, we we'll throw the warning up, probably should have done that earlier, but that's okay. But anyhow, the police are are kind of surrounded, but before the police can make their move, whatever that was going to be, during the speech, we see the rogues. And when we talked about Luther, David Patrick Kelly's character, he leads a gang called the rogues and they're kind of like i don't know they're they're kind of like 50s they they drive around we'll see later they're driving around in this old i guess it's a it's a 50s hearse right with 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 spray paint all the hearse. Yeah. yeah yeah it's a hearse and but they and they're dressed kind of like a 50s gang i guess would be right um the the warriors by the way we never described this yet you know, we mentioned kind of the indian motif the native american motif but they've all got uh, brown leather vests. Some wear shirts. Some don't wear shirts under their brown leather vest. But the warriors are all wearing these brown leather vests, and that's how you can tell who they are. The, but yeah, the rogues yeah. are there, and the rogues what they do is they kind of work their way up to the front, to, to the the front of the gangs. And there's like, you know, fences there in the playground. So they're up to the fence, and they have clear line of sight of Cyrus as he's giving his speech and they pass this revolver down the line and the revolver ends up in Luther's hands and Luther shoots Cyrus he kills him and every it goes crazy as soon as the shots go off everybody starts running around they're looking around all crazy the rifts run into to protect Cyrus the police come in they hear the shots so the police throw the lights on pandemonium and what does Luther see but he sees one of the warriors who's kind of looking and the warrior makes eye contact with him. So now Luther has somebody. It was the warrior
1: who who it it was the one I mentioned before, who was really drawn. He was really in the Cyrus's speech. So he had wandered away from the rest of the war and he happened to be positioned just behind the rogues, like up. I think there was like a ramp that went down into the playground. So he was standing a little higher up looking. And of course he's looking straight at Luther. With the gun.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and Luther goes, it was the warriors. It was the warrior. And, y- you know, it it goes, goes downhill from there. Cleon, the leader of the warriors, goes in to try to see what's going on and, and help Cyrus if he can. And unfortunately, now he's there and they're blaming the warriors. And so the rifts and everybody grab him. And, you know, the impression we get is Cleon was probably beat to death by the rifts. Yeah, yeah. Here.
1: In fact, that is confirmed if you read a summary of the movie that Cleon, I checked that out to make sure after I watched it. I'm like, did Cleon actually die? They didn't remember it, it indeed, he is he is killed then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the and the other warrior... he I don't
1: think away. he was complaining about his contract or anything though. I just think his character, you know, he didn't change the script for that. Cleon no, is I, no, to I die.
0: Th- I think that was that character's arc the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so now the warriors are on the run and now initially they don't know that everybody's after them. They don't know they've been blamed for the shooting. They don't know that. That's yet. right.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. They just know that pandemonium's broken loose. Somebody shot Cyrus or somebody was shooting. The cops are in there and they have to get back and, and they know they're separated and Cleon's, and they're on their own. The clan's not going to be able to hook back up with them. So they end up initially in a cemetery, I think, right? They go
1: to the cemetery. So they break through out of the playground through like a wooden fence or something, and then they end up in a cemetery. So now we have the cemetery scene. And uh, this is a critical scene in the movie because a lot of things are going on here at once. Um, So the warriors themselves are, first of all, where's Cleon? Where is he? This is where they go over. And I think finally, Uh, It's either Ajax or Swan is like, well, he's not coming. He's not going to be here with us. We need to get moving. And we're not moving. We're dead. I think at this point, they do know they've been blamed. I, I think. I think the other guy who was watching heard them blaming the warriors and he says they were blaming us for shooting cyrus but before we continue with the summary team because i'm going to forget this jason i just say a cool fact about the yeah, actor please. that played cyrus and the cyrus character please. they actually bef- after the book published in the 60s there was a meeting of gangs in the early 70s and and, and it happened in a, in a, in, a, in a in a like a community center it wasn't like a park and there was this inspirational gang leader he was like a hispanic guy he was like not necessarily a gang leader anymore but the gangs tried to get together this is in real life this really happened in like 1973 and it it was kind of like they wanted to get together not to run the city but to stop gang violence was the the purpose now that gang member eventually uh or this guy he was really more of a community activist he was hispanic He ended up getting shot in the head like months later, and it led to an eruption of gang violence in New York. So that's just a tangent. So Walter Hill had a former gang member lined up to play Cyrus, who knew about this 1973 gang conclave. He got shot and killed before the movie. Now, now the really interesting thing about it is the actor who played uh, Cyrus, uh, and I just had the actor list up, because I'm bad with names. Roger Hill. Roger Hill, thank you. No relation to Walter Hill. And he's kind of a light-skinned African-American guy. uh, I don't know if he has Hispanic in him. He ended up suing the video game company in like 2012 for using his voice from the movie. And he lost the lawsuit and he ended up dying two years later. <laughs> so the character that inspired the 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 care—I mean, the the man in real life who inspired Walter Hill to create Cyrus, because of course there was a Cyrus figure in the book. Mm-hmm. And the the gang member who was supposed to play Cyrus is dead. The inspiration's dead, and then the actor he filled in later dies under under bad circumstances not that he was killed or anything but it was kind of like a shadow over his life he was kind of down and out i mean when you're you're resorting to suing a video game company over your voice you know your life's not really turned out the way you wanted it to yeah
0: that's yeah yeah that's a shame um because he's great in this roger hill is great in this role i don't know why he's not in anything else after he's very good and he gives he's like he's like obama the way he's
1: given the speech
0: yeah so great
1: so they're in a cemetery and the youngest member starting to freak out. And this is where Ajax shows two sides of himself. He's he's very uh he's very quick to comfort the young actor. I mean the young gang member, but he he starts arguing over who should be the warlord. And he doesn't think it should be Swan. He he thinks it should be him. Because he's basically like, I'm the toughest guy left in the gang. So God let you know, I took a long time. Go on, what happens? in this scene
0: well so th- you think there's going to be a fight between the two because swan basically tells him you, you know if you want warlord then you, you know come get it basically you have to beat him in a fight to take the position but they, they either hear something else or whatever like hey we have to move well they have to get to the train is what it comes down to is they have to get to the train so they can get back home yeah, and he he's, went, talked, down. he's he is talked
1: down. He's talked down a little bit by coaches. Yeah. Coaches yeah. and, and and uh not Rembrandt but coaches in particular and maybe uh, I can maybe Vermin kind of take Swan's side a little. There's a little bit of a like you're, you you got to be fucking crazy. Like Swan is the he was the second in command, which means he's now in command is basically what they they were saying.
0: Well, and this isn't the time to have this conversation either, you know, because what's he going to do if he take if he is, say, he becomes warlord. He's still going to want to get back to Coney Island. So why not wait to deal with that? when yeah. you're all safely back? To Coney and that was kind of
1: Swan's attitude. But Swan was ready, ready to fight. I mean, Swan yeah. knew as the second in command, he had to stand up and fight him if, if it came to it. But Swan was basically saying he's
0: basically saying you're proving why you're not the leader. Mm hmm. Yep. And hold and, and you can tell he holds a grudge from this point on. From
1: that point on. And then later proves why he should not have been the leader.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> so, but but basically, they agree, yeah, we need to get moving. We need to get to the train. That's how I love going. they
1: they order Rembrandt to run back by himself and mark the park because Rembrandt's the spray painter. He's yep. the graffiti guy, and they he's the one who writes warriors everywhere. And, and they tell him, and that's kind of a little funny moment when he has to run back. And then he's done. He's like, "Hey guys, wait for me!" And he kind of runs after them. <laughs> yep. He's like the thief. He's like the thief in d and D party that you you forget you leave him behind.
0: <laughs> that's right. So, so they get moving. They're they're going to the train, and they're being looked for because at by this time, the riffs have put a hit out on the warriors. They've heard about the warriors and the new leader of the riffs. wants he wants all the warriors, he, he, he wants to find these guys because he hadn't heard of the warriors before, but he wants, he wants them now to get revenge. Right. So the, and they, and the way they put out this hits great because DJ, they put out yeah. DJ over the radio. Played by uh, Lynn Lynn Thigpen,
1: who who
0: only lends.
1: I wonder if they cut her salary in this movie because she only you only see her chin, her lips and a little bit of her nose. This whole movie, that's all you see of DJ speaking into the mic. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Every time DJ gets on the radio.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. You you know, and she. It, so, and of course, the first song, you know, she, she puts out, and, and the first thing she puts on is, you, you know, there's nowhere to run to, which is great.
1: <laughs> so, nowhere to run to! And then, uh, who's the first gang that gets, gets
0: it's, the, um, it's the... It's the it's um, the Turnbull ACs, which are kind of like skinheads. And they're the first gang they encounter.
1: That's right. That's correct.
0: Yeah. And, and so these are like skinheads, and they're in this, like, mod, they're in like this... Tw- Old school bus, this tore up school bus, and they're hanging out the windows and out the door with baseball bats and clubs and things, and they're just kind of driving down the streets near the. Um, I keep calling it a train. What is a train? But near it's the, a train. It's the it's the elevated it's, part yeah, of the yeah, train a, yeah. in New York. Yeah, and um, and and, and but by the entrance to there, just waiting because they know that warriors have to come that way because they're not going to walk all the way back to Coney Island. Well, the warriors think they're clear. And 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 they see the train pulling in, so they make a run for it, but there's a the bus. And the and bus turns the around
1: actually. The bus turns around and starts ch- charging at them. Like it's it's gonna run them down.
0: Yeah. And and they just barely get up the the stairs before before hand, and you know, they're even swiping their bats at them as, as they're they're driving by.
1: And and guys uh, are hanging out, so people know they're they're hanging out like Road Warrior style. Yeah. Guys are hanging out both sides of the bus, swinging their bats, really trying to take out the warrior. This is a great scene. Uh, every this is a great movie. I mean, this is just a well done scene, and the tension is awesome.
0: Yeah. Now we should clarify. This is, of course, Hollywood. So we have and we've already mentioned the interracial gangs. So even though this is a skinhead gang, we have multiple ethnicities in here. It's not just a bunch of white skinheads. That's right. Now, this is a
1: multi-ethnic uh, gang. And all the gangs are multi-ethnic, I think, except for Luther's gang, which I wonder if that's No, no. There are a couple others that aren't multi-ethnic, actually. But mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, and we didn't mention, by the way, that Luther's gang, uh, the the Rogues, right? That's what we yep. call them. They, go, they were from Manhattan. They're a Manhattan a gang, yep. which is a probably a better off gang financially than uh, the other gangs in
0: this movie. No, that's a good point. Yeah, although it never really delves into that, you know it. it we, which I, it's probably good. We didn't want to spend too much backstory in each of the gangs. I don't that's right.
1: That's backstory. But, I just dropped. I just dropped an Easter egg or something. That's like yeah. that, I got that nugget from a backstory. Exactly. No, you but, would but not. You wouldn't know this watching the movie where any of the gangs are from, except the Coney Island gang. That's it. Oh, actually, the riffs are called the Grand Mercy riffs. That's their full name. And and, before we continue on with the plot and then running up the step, they obviously escape the first encounter. Right. What fun would that be in the movie if they got killed right there? You forgot to mention though the awesome scene when the Grand Mercy riffs when their new leader, uh, whose name is Masai, meets with his gang to after the after Cyrus is killed. Is that not a great scene down in that warehouse or whatever it is? They're all lined up like martial arts uh, students, and and it's a big gang. They must be the biggest gang in the city. And, yeah, and- he com- <laughs> go ahead, yeah.
0: No, I was going to say that's the so each of these gangs has a motif for you you know, and and the motif here is just what you said is like martial arts and and so they're in not necessarily geese like white geese belts, but you can tell they're in geese or some are in robes or yeah, but, but it's a martial arts vibe is what you get off this gang and
1: he commands them he's much different leader than Swan. and I and I think than Cleon and Luther, this guy like cyrus he just commands respect just standing there like just the way the guy he's real badass he's got the sunglasses on i mean he's just badass and you know that none of the other gangs in this movie want anything to do with the grand mercy riffs
0: none of them yep yeah great scene um it, that and that's where he says you know these warriors you, you know i want all the warriors and, yeah
1: and he so wants them alive people. and he wanted them
0: alive because he wants yep. to interrogate
1: them so we'll go on because we're going to talk i want to talk about luther before we end this session this show because luther's one of the best bad guys in movies you you will find he, oh,
0: 100%. he yeah. is a
1: great villain
0: yeah we're, we're gonna get to him but so we get away from the from the turnbull acs they get on the train and, and it pulls away just as the Turnbull ACs are coming up, pounding on the side of the train. Yeah. They get away. And the
1: Warriors are kind of mocking them, hooting. I love that scene. Like, young guys, like hooting and hollering, like, yeah, we almost got our asses whipped, but, ah uh-huh. we got away.
0: But the Turnbull ACs call, call in their failure, and this is an ongoing thing throughout the movie. You'll have Masai there, the, the new leader of the Rifts. He's standing there. It's a real close-up, and you'll see one of his – one of his second, <laughs> you know, second hand or third, third uh, lieutenant. One of his a lieutenants, lieutenants yeah. coming up and whispering in his ear, telling him, you know, oh, they got away, or that this gang reported this. And so what happens is then we go to the DJ and the DJ puts over the air. Oh, they slipped away, but you know they still have a long way to go. And this <laughs> and, and her messages are cryptic. She her me- she never says. She
1: never says, get the warriors. She's like, right. get the guys out there who are trying to get home. And she says stuff like that, right? And everyone knows what she's talking about, except yep. the police and the moms and dads and everyone else listening to the radio.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. So one of the gangs sets a fire on the either on the train tracks or next to the train tracks. So it stops the train because it's yeah. fire. So they have to get, they, they end up having to get off the train and now they're back on the street. Yeah. yeah. Luckily for the Warriors, when they get back on the street, they're in the territory of the orphans. Yeah, the the orphans. orphans, Yeah, the orphans didn't go to this meeting. They're one of these lesser gangs that weren't even invited. They're not one of the top 100 gangs at all. Yeah. But but they're still a gang, and there's still a lot more of them than the the eight warriors that are left. So they need to be careful going through the territory because they're outnumbered, right? And
1: and the leader of the orphans just...
0: Shouts great. through his
1: look. The way he looks, he just screams at you, loser. Like there's a big L on his forehead. <laughs> like the orphans, like, who are you guys? And that's the Warriors are basically like, who the heck are these guys? But they don't want to have a fight yet. They they want to get home and they're not, they don't want to get bogged down fighting these losers. And it is, I agree with you. They're a great gang, though. They're like the gang. They like play D D that, yeah. that's the gang. <laughs> they all go home and they don't get in any fights. They act tough. And then they go home and play Dungeons and Dragons.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because they don't really, you can tell he doesn't want to get in a fight. The leader that the orphans doesn't want to fight them and he can tell they don't want to fight, you know? And, and so they kind of have come up to this agreement, you know? So they're, they're having their little powwow, they're having their parlay and well, yeah, he um, like, uses
1: the word parley, like D and yeah. like they are they just got done playing D and D. They're like, "Let us, we're going to skip
0: melee. We're going to parlay, right?" <laughs> and, and one of the other orphans brings over a newspaper clipping <laughs> about a story about the orphan. Say, "Look, we're big. We're a big deal. We're in the paper. You yeah, we And the warriors are all like
1: trying not to roll their eyes. Yeah, and then right. the acting's great because they don't actually roll their eyes, but you can see the tension on their face, like. What the heck
0: like what? who are these guys Yep. but but they they come to this tense agreement that you know hey if you're if all you're doing is walking through it's okay and 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 everything seems okay but that's when mercy comes out of the building now
1: mercy comes in and she throws like she throws uh i don't know what's the term i'm looking for uh she, she, she messes shit. up
0: yeah. yeah yeah
1: exactly she upsets the whole plan they they had received free passage this is like this is like your army. The French got free passage through Switzerland and one of Napoleon's soldiers slept with the queen. And then that's the end. And then now you blew it up. Now you don't have free passage anymore because mercy comes down and Ajax immediately wants to jump her bones and give it to her right on the steps. But she only has eyes for swan. Very obvious. It's love at first sight.
0: And, and, and she tar- she starts, Stirring things up, you know. Why are you letting these guys go we'll just walk through here? You, you know, you're know, you making the orphans look like losers. And then she tries to get one of the vests from the a
1: warrior, Warriors. she wants a warrior vest, and they're kind of like, get lost, <laughs> get right? Out of here, and um,
0: finally, the orphan leader has been, you know, insulted enough by her. Oh, he's been emasculated. He's yeah. totally well,
1: I mean, yeah. he his very presence is emasculating, but now he's being emasculated, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, so he has to save face somehow. So he tells the warriors, you know, you have to take your colors off. You have to take your jackets off to walk through the territory. And the warriors aren't going to do this. Yeah. You no, know,
1: No, that's like Napoleon says, no, I, I would have handed over the soldier that slept with the Swiss queen. But we're not we're not lowering the French flag. You got to be crazy now. Now we're going to well, we're going to run. That's what the warriors
0: do. <laughs> the warriors run because
1: they don't want to waste time and get in a fight.
0: Right, and, and and they end up. So they end up to to cut to the chase. They end up getting cornered by the orphans. A bunch more orphans come out, but luckily, even though they weren't supposed to bring any weapons, they you know they got their spray paint that Rembrandt brought. They also have brought a Molotov cocktail. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean that's standard. Um, you know that's not considered a weapon. That's just no. like bringing a torch in d and D game. You, everyone has a torch. Well, everyone has a Molotov cocktail. You never know when you could burn a police car or
0: something. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. what the warriors do is they throw it, torture a car. The car ends up exploding. The orphans run away. And- well, the orphans like like
1: the emasculated fools they are. Instead of attacking the warriors and like, what'd you do that on our turf for? They run like a bunch of you know. I'm not gonna say the word, and yeah. run back and to play D D. They did. Now it's time we can go home and play D D. Now we're we're done messing around. We're done acting like we're tough, and and they let the warriors go, and the warriors have to run too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And but what we what we see is mercy is now following the warriors. She's yes. given up the orphans, and now she's tailing the warriors.
1: She's a stalker
0: now. She's now yeah. stalking them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we get to 96th Street and Broadway. And and so we're still in Manhattan. And, and at some point, I guess we'll do it now. You want to talk about Luther. There's no, a new no. lead in here.
1: We're going to talk about Luther. I think we should talk about Luther at the end.
0: Okay, okay. I got right. a
1: lot to say about Luther. He's, he's one of my favorite villains in any movie, honestly. He's okay. okay, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about but, Luther, but, Luther. But needless to say, yeah. Luther's making moves behind the scenes. Luther's barely in this movie, actually. He's like, uh, he's like Sauron. He's barely in the movie, but he's the best. He, he's just making things happen. Luther's making sure things happen in his
0: favor. Right. Well, throughout this, so just real quickly, you know, throughout all this other thing we're we're talking about here, we see him make at least two phone calls and and they're kind of looking around too, because what we hear is, you know, they pin this on the warriors, but. They want to make sure the warriors don't have a chance to, to talk and let them because they he saw Fox and he knows Fox saw him.
1: So that's a good point. So so the Grand Mercy Riffs made it clear they Masai Maasai wants the warrior, he wants to torture the warriors down in his den of kung fu and get the answer. And Luther, we'll get to Luther later, but Luther tells his gang, I don't care what Maasai says. If they find out we did it, we're dead. So we want the, he said, everybody else might want to catch the warriors, but we're going to kill
0: them. Right. And, and, and then we could probably. And still he steals he gum. He steals yeah.
1: gum and he throws it at the woman, which I well, that's why we've got to talk about him later. I just love Luther. He's just
0: great. Okay. So, so that's enough for what, what the rogues are doing. We'll catch up with them later. The yeah. Break. Yeah.
1: So that's when they cut away. So, so here's the point. When they cut away from the warriors, they basically either cut to the riffs, cut to DJ, or every once in a while, they cut to Luther. Because he's very rarely on it. Messiah actually might have more camera time than uh, Luther. It's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. close. And DJ certainly has more. Well, maybe not. But anyway, so they they get away. First encounter. The first encounter is over. They they survive their first second. This is their second random encounter. They, they survive it. And they're on, now they're on, what station are they going to go to now?
0: The, the, now that we're going to 96th Street and Broadway in Manhattan. Yeah. This is where they get to the station. They're waiting for the train. And the police are there. The
1: police, now the other gang. This is the uh, this is the biggest singular gang in New York. And the only one that's professional. The police, yeah. the pigs, they show up. And now the Warriors have to deal with the pigs and of course uh ajax he i think he like punches
0: one doesn't he yeah he punches he flips one, him he over his, one flips him over his
1: back him. or something
0: yeah they he 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 the, he's fighting them they're they're all sp- kind of spread out this is where so fox and mercy's hooked up with him at this point and fox and mercy are running they get they come across a, a officer The officer tackles Fox. He tells Mercy to run. She does. This is when the officer throws Fox in front of the the train. Well, it's not it's not a simple, a simple case
1: of police brutality. Fox uh, is a resisting arrest badly and punching. yeah. Yeah. And he's wrestling the cop back. And it's more like they start tumbling towards the tracks Because so just to be fair, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, it's not like the officer standing there and he picks up Fox and throws him. They're actually rolling on the ground. And the last roll kind of sends Fox in front of the train. Uh, Perfect timing too. like when do you ever catch a train right when you need one? Right. And, you know, usually you have to wait 10, 20 minutes. He threw, you know, he falls down. He's done. He's out of the movie.
0: Yeah,
1: But But the cop was okay. I think the cop didn't fall
0: no the cop did not fall he definitely did not so we but so you know they they knocked down a few of these officers and, and eventually they they all get away and they're trying to get back together now cuz they're But separate. they
1: split the party so the number yeah. one thing you should never do is now the party's been split
0: right so what happens is they most of them get back together but now they come across the big gang in this area. And, and and now they're in Riverside. Well, they're near Riverside park. And this gang is probably the most iconic gang in the movie. Yeah. So oh the yeah. oh yeah.
1: The Yankee. Oh no, not yeah. the Yankees. It's the baseball fury. Sorry. I, I like to call them the Yankees, but yes, it's the baseball furies. And this is the, the main group that stayed together here is Swan, Ajax, Coaches, um, Rembrandt, uh, no, no, Rembrandt's not with them. But um, uh, vermin, right? Is, is did I get them all? One, two, three, four.
0: No, no, Vermin, coach, and Rembrandt are together. The re- and and they they're not part of this fight. You're right. It's Swan
1: Ajax. Hold on, wait, Don't tell me. I want to see if my memory is good. It's Swan Ajax Cowboy. Yep, and. and- so- and this snow. Yeah. We haven't really talked about, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. we haven't talked about, about snow. snow. So it's those four, and the other group is Vermin, Cochise, and
0: Rembrandt. Yeah. Right. They managed to get on a subway car and, yeah. and so they're they're separate. Well,
1: what was the instruction? They said if they got split up, they were supposed to go to what central station or
0: something like uh, that? Union, I think. Union station. Union station. So yeah. what
1: if they that's what uh see Swan, because he's a good leader, he said if we get split up. Meet at Union Station. So now they're split up, and everyone's theoretically supposed to get to Union Station. So go on the the the, the baseball, the Yankees, or or these uh, they they're called the baseball furies. What what's so great about this gang?
0: Well, they're iconic. The look is iconic. So they're they're like baseball players, with, you know, and they all have bats, but they, their faces are painted, you know, and they're painted slightly differently for the different, you know, the different people gang members, but their face is, but one side is painted one color and the other side is painted. The yeah. other.
1: And the main one, the leader's green. He's got a totally green face and, uh, he's played by an actor. No one knows Jerry Hewitt, but, uh, who cares? But he he has a very vicious look on it, he, like with his lips and stuff. And 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 there's a great scene where they're they're mobilizing. So it's like we got to mobilize. They're in our territory and they're running up the step and the bats are on either side of the step yeah. like a baseball bench. And they each grab their own bat like they it, it's not like they're grabbing any bat. You see them deliberately grabbing yeah. their bat. It's awesome. It's like the you
0: know, the detail, right? This is just attention to detail when you make That's a great. movie. And and they come out, and th- now we have a chase, and this is where we get to Riverside. Riverside. Oh, this chase is chase. great, man. Yeah, yeah. So we have Ajax, and is it snow? Yeah, I think it.
1: No, it's the snow. Yeah, I was mixing him up with yeah. Rembrandt. It's snow. Yeah, Ajax
0: and Snow are in the front, and and what? Ha- and the Furies are after him. And Swan and Cowboy are a little bit behind them, and and they they peel off up a hill, let the body of the Furies pass, and then they come back down behind them so yeah. they can catch them from the rear. And this is right. one,
1: I don't quibble, I, can, I suspend reality throughout this whole movie. I don't have those moments where I say... Why did they just take a cab home? No, no, I'm into this story. I love this, but this is my only minor quibble. When those two peeled off, like none of the riverside, uh what are they called again? The riverside, the peered, none of them peeled off after them. That was a little, that was okay. That that's fine.
0: That's fine. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you yeah, know, they probably should have spaced it out a little bit more so they were out of sight before the Furious came.
1: That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. But, but whatever. It's a mine. You know what? For everything in this movie that a lot of people would probably pick apart, this this is very minor. I, I no I don't pick this movie apart. See, when a movie like this is done really well, I don't I don't question the veracity of it. I'm like, who cares? This is just a great movie. And that this right. is a great movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and so Snow tells Ajax. I, I can't run anymore. I'm getting tired. And Ajax is like, well, I'm sick of running anyway. So they yeah. turn around to fight them. And
1: I mean, then he says some something them- like, let, "Let's uh, what what do they call it? They have a term for for beating people up. It sounds like they want to kill them. But he, what do they say? Let's um, something these suckers or something like
0: that. And and they turn the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I forget exactly what he says, but this is one of our two major fight scenes in the movie. Yeah, this is a good one. Well, three. There's three major fights in the movie. This is one of them. Yes. And and, and this is a great fight because we, we get Ajax and them come from behind. This is a it's a pretty detailed fight and pretty in-depth fight with you know baseball bats. Of course, the Warriors, they slowly pick these guys down, picking up their bats. And they, and they get the
1: bats, and off. then it becomes like sword fighting yeah. with the bats. Yeah. And 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 I love that because the heroes have to be heroic. And they outfight the Furies, even with the bats. Like So presumably, the Furies should be really great with their own bats. But right. because the heroes are the heroes, they totally dismantle them once they all get the bats. Now, but I do think, uh, what's his name, took a bad blow to the head.
0: Yes. Yeah, one of them did. He got popped in the head pr- pretty well. Good. It's the
1: one I keep mixing up with Rembrandt. What's his name? Oh, that, that'd be Snow. Snow. I Snow. Yeah. Snow, I think, got hit badly to the head. Uh, yeah. And if you know, obviously, no one wants to get hit in the head with a baseball bat. And I, and I, when that happened, I, saw, I thought to myself, Jason, I really did. I said, "Thank goodness they were still using wood
0: back then." <laughs> well, we see some of these wood bats break. And maybe it's maybe it's later on. I think I don't think it's this fight. It's the fight. No, of none of them breaking this fight. Wood bats yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's back when the bats were were solid too. They didn't break even in the games. They didn't break in uh, like they do today. Because right. they, now, now they hollow out the core and everything. And yeah.
0: Well, you have to have somewhere to put the cork. but
1: Yeah, you got to put the cork, you know, all the cheating, you yeah. know.
0: A- anyway, though, eventually, and it's about two to one odds, but eventually the Warriors win. And great fight. Go watch it if you haven't already seen it. And, and so they keep moving because they know they have to get to Union Square to meet up with the rest of the gang. But as they're going through the park after their victory, they see this lone lady just sitting there on a park bench all by herself. Right now, Ajax has already been—he's already been hopped up and
1: horny ever since Mercy came down those steps. He—he wanted her, and here's his now. Here's his chance. Now Swan was barely interested in Mercy to this point, and clearly wants nothing to do with this woman on the park bench, and neither does um, uh, Cowboy uh, or Snow. So they go with Swan. And Ajax is basically like well screw you guys I'm gonna get lucky because right I mean he's young I love this actually this is what like when yeah. you play a DD character of, of this age this is the kind of dumb decision you should make once in a while because you're a young guy and who doesn't put their their swelling sack ahead of their head
0: yep so so he goes back and and she's very friendly to him and and he sits down and you know they start talking and you know, she's like, "Well, show me why the girls like you." And, and but he then he's rough, and she's like, "Hey, you're too rough." And he's like, ah, "I like it rough." But, uh oh! All of a sudden, he's handcuffed to the bench. <laughs> Guess what? She's undercover cop. Starts blowing <laughs> that whistle, and before you know it, he, and and Ajax is mad. He's trying uh, to rip. He's, the bench he's trying to break. The bench. You,
1: you think he's actually going to break the bench? He's so ferocious. There's a moment. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you think, "Holy!" crap, he's going to escape, because at first you're thinking, he's a great character, you don't want him out of the movie, but and, and um, uh, uh, you know, um, cow, uh, not Cowboy, uh, yeah, Cowboy and Snow tell Swan they don't feel right, leaving him, and they said, we're going to go back and, and, and check on him, and Swan goes, says, oh, I'm going to check, ahead. I'm going to scout ahead to see if I can find the rest of the party, and when they get back, they get back just in time to see Ajax getting arrested, he's getting arrested, and He's out of the movie, and that's probably why Walter Hill put him in Forty Eight Hours. He's probably, said, I'm sorry, I took you out of the movie too early. I got a great role, Gantz, I got this role, Gantz, and you could be in that movie. <laughs> yep.
0: yeah, yeah, but but it's a fitting way for this character to go out. Honestly, it, it I, I think it's well done. Well, it also
1: proved what did I say earlier in the cemetery? It proved why he shouldn't have been the leader. Yeah. And Swan is the lead. Swan's the better leader. He's he is. Uh, I guess Cleon was even a better leader, but, but Swan's really stepping up here. He's keeping the party together.
0: Right. But we're going to see that Ajax isn't the only one thinking with the wrong head because Berman, Cochise, and Rembrandt get to Union Square early because they, they took, they hopped on the train. So while they're waiting, they they see some women. Well, to be fair to
1: Berman, he's only been thinking with one baseball bat the whole game. And he didn't try to become a leader. He already knew his own faults. He didn't try to be a leader. He He's naturally the guy who's like, I'm going to crack jokes. I'm going to hang out with you guys. But I offer nothing in the leadership front at all. Like, don't ever listen to me. And unfortunately, they do this time. Because it's yep. just him, Cochise, and uh, and Rembrandt, the youngest. And uh, what happens? They meet another
0: gang. Yeah, they meet the Lizzie's. And the Lizzie's invite them to come back and party. They tell them how they've heard that the Warriors are heavy hitters and big time and they want to party with them. They say all the men that they normally hang out with went up to the park to meet with Cyrus and they're gone and don't worry about them.
1: Yeah, like basically Lizzie's are like, we want big stout men like you vermin to come up and take care of. They're just playing to the guy's overinflated ego and he's just super horny, like any 18-year-old
0: yep. is. So they go party with the Lizzie's. Yeah. And so w- what happens is this was all set up because the Lizzie's are another gang. And, you you know, they start feeling something might be a little weird when the music... Well, it's Rembrandt.
1: Dance. Rembrandt is nervous. First of all, Rembrandt's so young, I think he's just nervous around women to begin with. But because he can't settle in and start making out. He starts to notice things aren't what they seem to be here with the Lizzie's up in their apartment.
0: Right. Yeah. They're playing music and he notices a couple of Lizzie's dancing together and not just because they didn't have a man handy, but they, you know, obviously were attracted to each other or have done this before.
1: Oh yeah. And- a little for the seventies. I love it. A little lesbian action. I, I was digging that scene. A- I, I paused there and rewound a couple of times on that one. Jason,
0: <laughs> in the end, it's an ambush. The, well, the- well, wait,
1: he sees the woman lock the door.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's he when he knows the, the jig is right. up.
1: There's one of the Lizzie's locks the door and he's looking like wide eyed and puppy dog. Now he's like, holy crap, they're going to rape me. No, no, he doesn't think that. He says, oh my God, we've been set up.
0: Yep. And, and they are because the Lizzie's pull out knives and even a gun. They have and a gun. Yeah. They they with minor injuries, the warriors were able to escape. But this really is our second fight of the movie. This is the uh, second
1: fight. And the Lizzie, thank goodness for for the warriors. The Lizzies can't shoot straight to save their lives. Now this yeah, is
0: before yeah.
1: modern movies where women they would have been all dead if this was a modern movie. One, the the women would have one shot at each warrior, but because this is a movie made in the seventies, the women shot maybe ten times. And not a one of the Warriors got hurt. But Rembrandt got stabbed. He did get stabbed.
0: Right. And and, and to be honest, you know, this is not putting the Lizzie's down. But, you you know, they kind of had them dead to rights. And, and they were able to, if it was shown a little bit differently, this is one of those cases where, you know, if the Lizzie's had wiped these three out, you, you could almost accept it if it had, you know, if it had worked in their favor. Because they had them dead to rights. You know.
1: Yeah, and the movie could have continued without because there's still a bunch of them out there. Uh, but I have to say too, the, the warriors escaped without any real gratuitous violence back at the women. I True. think they did punch a couple, maybe they threw yeah. one of them, but they had to to sa- they had to, to save their lives, but they didn't turn around and try to get the gun or beat the crap out of them. They fled and they were legitimately terrified when they fled. They realized they had really messed up.
0: Right. Yeah. 100%. So now they're headed back towards Union Station. But before they get back to Union Station, we, remember Swan was by himself scouting. So we're going to return to Swan by himself. Yeah,
1: cuz even he, he meets up with someone. And he meets up with Mercy. Yeah. That's right. At, at not at Union Station, but a station near Union Station. Right, correct. He meets up with Mercy and they uh they decide to walk on the tracks together cuz that nothing's more romantic. Them walking on a New York subway track with rats and garbage and and here the romance really gets going
0: well they had to get on the tracks because the police, the police were there and they had oh, to get oh it wasn't
1: time. for romance I I missed I made a mistake there
0: <laughs> but, but eventually they do get off the tracks and they're and they're going through and the and Mercy notices all Swan and notices too but Mercy notices this guy with roller skates kind of following well,
1: before that, they had a romantic moment. Uh, they did kiss. On, well, the track. Yeah, and
0: that's where they that, – well, That's anyway. where they
1: had that conversation. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that conversation yeah. already. Right, she right. tells them what she's looking for. She yeah. kind of lied, like, yeah, I'm loose. I sleep around. So what? She gives them the typical, so what? what's your business? And they make out for a while. And she wants – I mean, she wants him at this point. She wants She wants him to go all the way with her. And he has to pull himself from her and put on. He's the leader, right? So he has to be mad at her now to get out, to get his head back. He's the only smart one. He pushes her away and he says, get lost. And he he takes off without her. So he ends up in the track, in the next Union Station and go away. He's being followed by the next gang.
0: Yeah, which this gang's the punks, is what they're called, the punks. And the one guy's on roller skates, but the rest aren't. Just the one guy's on roller skates.
1: Yeah, but, he's a good roller skater. I wondered if he played for the Rangers or something, but anyway, I don't think maybe. so.
0: But Mercy is coming and, back, and Mercy says, "Hey, these guys are following you. You need to pay attention." Is he goes? Yeah, I knew that, but now they know I knew that.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's like basically like she. She's she just like he. He cannot cut her a break ever. He can't say like thanks for letting me know, sweetheart, or wow, you really got my back like you're even better than ajax like you got my back no he says yeah thanks you blew my cover basically is what he tells her
0: right but we but at this point we meet we meet back up with with the other two member, the other parts of the gang right we meet yeah back. they're
1: coming down the steps and fortunately i don't think the ro- uh, i don't think the um punks see them right. and swan uses thieves cant or something and telepathically tells them to go into the
0: restroom nearby Right. And, and, and they, and, and Mercy for a second says, I can't go in there. It's a man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think <laughs> and it's vermin.
1: Vermin. But, open, this is one of the fun, there's rare moments of hilarity in this movie. Yeah. And I was like laughing out loud at this scene. Vermin opens the door, when he says, sure you can, or something like that, and he just grabs her and pulls her into the bathroom.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he says, are you kidding me? Or something like that? Oh, are you kidding
1: me? Yeah. Is he kidding me? And he yanks her, like he yanks her. And you're like laughing. at Out of nowhere, this funny scene happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the punks follow him in the bathroom. And and, and you have this tense scene because they're all hiding in the stalls.
1: Yeah, the warriors now turn the trick on them. They set the trap. They, they are trapping now. They're the hunters here, not the hunted.
0: Right. And this is our last major fight of the movie. And this, and is, this
1: is a good, good one. Fight. This is a good one. I think the baseball was the best. Yeah. this is the second best yeah and the lizzie's was probably the third best yeah. but the lizzie's i don't know they had the lesbian dancing scene, so it gives them a little bonus points but this is still a better fight scene better
0: yeah there's a and this is a fight scene where we do see some bats break and um some some you know people thrown into mirrors and in, through the stalls and you know it's, it's a hard fight uh,
1: and lizzie get i mean uh, not lizzie Mer- mercy gets into it she yeah. she uh punks a punk and uh uh, I think uh Rembrandt spray paints one in the face. And, yeah, he does. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean this is a great fight. Uh, uh but but the punks are punked. They get yep. completely punked
0: in this scene. Yep, that's right. And um and and so it and 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 after this fight, or right after the, I think it's right after this fight, we we do see a a flashback to the rifts, and this is where uh another witness comes forward to tell tell Cyrus that they saw. Yes. I'm sorry. Tell um, Messiah that Luther Messiah. That's right. And this is where Walt,
1: this is detail attention to detail, because obviously by now your, your average viewers saying that doesn't make sense that only the warrior saw uh, Luther shoot uh, Cyrus. Well, well, that's right, Walter. Walter Hill held that in his pocket, and now after three battles, he's learning the truth now. Messiah now learning the truth, and you don't really know what's going to happen next. Are are the Graham Grayman Mercy riffs out of the story now, or what's going to happen? I I think he, but but if they want Luther now, they're like now we want to get Luther. That those rogues, we got to get the rogues. You know, call it off on the warriors.
0: Yeah so, yeah, so so at, so all the warriors do reunite Union Station. They get on the train. Yeah, after the but bathroom,
1: like, there's yeah. a poignant scene on the train. Though, did you want to talk about that?
0: No, go. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was gonna go to that, but you, you go you ahead. You, stop, I go want to ahead.
1: hear what you think about it. What did you? I love this scene. This is a great yeah. scene. One of the best scenes in the whole movie, in my opinion, on the train.
0: Yeah, so they're and I think they're already on the train, and there's another stop where some kid. It looks like they're coming from a prom or a high school. Yeah, the prom. It's right? the prom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, these two couples, you know, they look like high school couples from a high school prom. Same age as the warriors, same age. Yeah. yeah. And 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 they get on, they sit down, and the train's moving, and and they look across and you know, they're in the tux and the nice dress and all this, and they see Swan and Mercy sitting there, all beat up and dirty and grimy and bloody. And the, and the warriors don't make aggressive moves. They they don't do anything you you know to these kids, but you you can see the stark contrast. Of, yeah, it, you know. And the, go ahead. It's a
1: real moment of humanity because the four upper class high school kids don't gloat or they actually stop laughing. They mm-hmm. visibly become not uncomfortable that they're sitting in front of the garbage. I, I at least the way I interpret it, they become like they they suddenly see the gulf just across that little island represented the gulf between upper class new york and the rest of new york and they realized they felt bad i -hmm. think they felt bad for the warriors they didn't want to go in fact they got off this at the next stop because they could tell they were making the warriors feel bad like they were shaming the warriors just by their mere presence and that's why this movie's supposed to be like held sometime in the future or something like that. Walter Hill says he envisioned this happening in some undefined future, but it really latched on to real issues that existed in New York city at that time. And this scene captured that. Like there's a whole group of young men in the city that have no future, young men and women, and they're in gangs and they're kind of wayward. And then there's this other group, this Manhattan group, this rich group, of, of new yorkers so i love that i just love that scene for that reason it's like why did he put that scene in there i don't know if i wrote this movie if i would have put that scene in there unless it was in the book so but there's a lot of things in the movie that actually weren't in the book and right. my yeah. favorite thing is luther my favorite thing is luther because he's not in the book
0: yeah. so so we have this little scene here then the kids get off and, and then finally the train though gets back they get back to coney island
1: yeah, and it's it's sunrise now. Yep. It took all night. Their long journey with, uh, we talked about the Greek warriors, which took years or whatever. They make it back overnight, finally.
0: Yeah. But now, now, now we should we go talk ahead. about Luther? This is yours, because, because now, now Luther and the rogues come in, so I'm going to let you right.
1: So yeah. all through the movie, so if you read the book, or any of you who's read the book but not seen the movie, and you're like, what's Luther? Who is he? Or who? They're not in it. Uh, uh, Cyrus dies... After the meeting, much much like the real life thing that happened, which happened after the movie, but when the book was written, he has Cyrus die later and and whatever. So to make the movie, I think more palatable, he has a bad guy. He inserts this incredible villain played by David Patrick Kelly, who just I mean, he was in Twin Peaks, the the series. He is such a good bad guy, and he the first cut scene away from the Warriors where you see Luther. They're at a, was it where he made the phone call or was that the gumball when he bought the gum?
0: Well, the first, I think it was a, there might have been a call first, but but the gum is the big thing, right?
1: Yeah, so so he makes a call. He's making a call and you don't know who he's talking to. He's obviously, Luther is obviously a plant. Like he was supposed to kill Cyrus for someone else. And you don't know, is it a cop? But you don't know. And I'm not going to I read about this app, but we're not going to talk about stuff that's backstory stuff. So in the movie, you don't know who he's working for. Then right. the next cut scene is when he tells the the rogues they're going to kill the warriors and they're at a, like a newspaper stand. He's stealing gum and they start to walk away. And the girl says, are you going to pay for that? And he looks at her. I can't even remember what he said. He uh, This is he's such a villain. He's like, why paper? What? And he throws the gum the pack at her. And he he storms up. He's like a psychotic, man. The guy is totally psychotic, right? So then there's another cut scene where he's on the phone again. I think he makes two phone calls. So he's on the phone again because they're listening to the radio too. They're listening, you know, DJ is, he's kind of like Hanoi Jane. She's spreading the word through the radio and he's reporting back to his master, whoever that guy is, this is what's going on. And they're like, they made it to Coney Island. They're going to go to Coney Island. So when the warriors are walking down the street, the rogues come up behind them in their hearse, which is all spray painted, multicolored. This is the first time you see the hearse. You're like, what is this? And they're in there and they're, they're denim. They wear a lot of denim and, and dark leather. Uh, they got the gun and they follow the warriors and they go under the pier, I think, right? The warriors go under the pier. Mm-hmm. And they start arming up. I love it. It's like they're in the uh, arsenal. And they're arming up. They're just ripping things off the wall, grabbing wood. The warriors are arming up. And Luther has these bottles on his hand. And I'm telling you, the guy's only in the movie maybe five to ten minutes for the whole movie. And this is this is the greatest scene. This is one of the greatest scenes in all movies. He's clinking the glass together with his fingers. And he's going, Warriors! Come out and play. He's doing it. And this is like the creepiest thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I love it. This is just such a great scene. And uh, it really seals uh, this Luther character. He's just a great villain. You At this point, you just want them to kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the other hand, you think, holy, he's going to kill them. Like, he's got them. They're not going to escape Luther here because he's got the gun and they don't. So go ahead. What? that's my whole thing on Luther. He's just a great villain and this whole taunting. Like he doesn't say, let's spring out of the car and get them. We got them right now. He's like, we're going to play. Like he wants to draw this out before he kills them.
0: Right. So the warriors, including Mercy, go down on the beach and the rogues walk down to the beach and they're faced off against each other. And, you know, at this point, swans like to Luther, you know, just you and me let's go at it and and luther's um, he's not having any of that he's like no you don't understand we're not going one-on-one you and me and he pulls the gun out he goes you're you're gonna die
1: yeah he's like i'm gonna kill you he's like i'm gonna kill you all like that's we're here to kill you
0: yep (laughs) and and he goes to shoot swan and swan has a switchblade and he kind of darts to the side throws a switchblade into luther's hand making him drop the gun as he shoots it
1: and he missed. I think he fires the gun off target, though. I think the gun yeah, fires he, off target. It's like a Legolas move, man. He, like, literally, yeah. he moves to the side, hits Luther with the knife. This is great. He drops the gun, and now Luther's all like, now Luther's crying like a baby, which yeah, makes it an sad. even better villain, right? Because now you know Luther's just a, a bully. He's just short. First of all, he's short. David Patrick Kelly's not a tall actor. Everyone else in the Rogues, who he's been pushing around all night, hitting them, telling them to do what he wants. He's shorter than all of them. He's probably not tougher than any of them. But he's just, he's a leader. He's like the maniacal leader that bad, evil people follow. And now he's on the ground crying like, not crying yet. He's not crying yet. But he's kind of whining now that he got hit with the knife. And then what happens?
0: So this is great. So Swan goes up, he pulls the switchblade out and he he grabs a hunk of, of um Luther's hair and he cleans the blood off of Luther's hair. It's yeah. great.
1: Yeah, he cleans the blood off and then you think this is this how the movie's going to end? That's this isn't justice. Luther's got to pay for what he did to the warriors, right? Does he does he pay? He's got to pay the wages. Like in in the in the Greek story, the wages
0: have to get paid. Well, you you know how we said you might, you know, the are the rifts gonna come back? Well, at this point the rifts come back. You you hear something, you turn around, and on the hill there on on the edge there, the beach, you see I, I don't know, but like a hundred rifts. All you the know
1: Grandma Mercy rifts, there's like hundreds of them. A hundred, at yeah. least a hundred. The whole rank of them that was in the warehouse. And they're lined up like the rower Room, the riders of the ro- of Rohan, right? Yep. And in front is Masai, and he's like yelling, death, 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 and they come down the hill. Of course, it's much quicker than that. It's like snap, snap, snap. And they surround the warriors and the
0: rogues. Right. And um, and basically, you know, he, he tells them, you warriors are okay. You know, all we want are, are the rogues. And they they split. Well, this is another thing. This Go gets ahead. into diplomacy. Yeah.
1: There's a see when you're dealing with gangs, there's lots of diplomacy and protocol. So he orders his men, Messiah, said, clear the way. Mm-hmm. You see, it's not like the warriors just walk between right. them. He's they make an aisle out of respect because Masai is like, we respect you, warriors. Clear the way, and that's a very important thing because now they. Like, this is like now the Swiss and, and Napoleon have made up and the Swiss part their army and they say, ah oh, we didn't like the queen anyway. Clear the way. And they're kind of escorted out of trouble. And then the, the aisle closes back around the robes. Right. And this Now this is like the Cleon scene in the beginning of the movie. Right. right. Yeah. Now the robes are surrounded by a group of people. And you don't you don't see what's happening if it was a cartoon, you'd see stuff flying up in the air, like underwear or t shirts, right? Am I right? Like the necklace, the gun. But you don't see that in the movie because it's a movie. You just see and hear now you hear Luther screaming like a little baby.
0: Yep. Yeah, as they go in and, and take out. And, and that's and, and then so the film actually ends with Swan and Mercy walking on the beach together together yeah yep. with
1: the rest of the warriors i had the other three warriors ahead the only three survivors were four were swan rembrandt Coaches, and uh cowboy right mm-hmm. yep and they're, they're the only three survivors uh what happened to ghost is he a survivor too
0: i yeah i think so i don't yeah those two so it. ghost also yeah
1: so they're walking ahead uh, and this is a uh, Mercy and Swan are kind of walking together and they have some words at the end. Do You remember what the word? This is a sweet moment of the movie.
0: I like basically something of Swan says, you know, maybe he's going to quit the gang and try and, and, and go traveling. And Mercy says she likes to travel. He asks, where have you ever been? She goes, I've been anywhere, but I think I'd like to travel.
1: But I think I'd like to travel. And yeah. they kind of look off at the ocean together. And then a song no one's ever heard before starts playing. What's what comes on? In the city, in Waterhill, had this written for the movie. In yep. the city, and it's it's just a great, and, it, and the and the camera stays on them. I, I the credits are going up, and you just see them walking in the distance until they until they start going over a little Doom mm-hmm. and then it cuts away finally. So you get like almost two minutes of this song with them walking into the sun, which is rising. Uh, and, and it's just a great ending
0: to this movie.
1: It's just it's just such a good movie.
0: Yeah, it I really, really it is a great movie. Yeah. Um, so the the Warriors. It, you know, if you haven't already seen it, you need to go watch it. But great, great movie. Um, and this movie made a lot of money. It oh cost yeah, about I got four that. million to make, made you know over twenty million.
1: Yeah, twenty two million at the box office domestic domestic domestic. <laughs> Mw can't speak. You remember that now? I Mw cannot speak the English language. Uh, you always must remember that. Total, it made yeah twenty two million four. Wasn't that popular internationally? I, I get that. It's an Amer- This is an American movie. You got to be an American to appreciate this movie. Yeah, they, there's not a lot of cultures on earth that are going to get this movie at all.
0: Well, and now the other thing that happened though is there were, of course, what's this gang or what's this movie? You know, it's marketed towards youth, right? Uh, all course, right, you're going to bring up the controversy
1: because because I looked because uh, you and your last guest talked about controversies with Walter yeah. Hill, so yeah. I wanted to look up controversies here. And this is uh, this is one. So go ahead. What happened when they released the movie? Something bad happened, and, and well, but it there, was overblown. Was... It was overblown.
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was overblown. I agree with that. There, there were some gang fights that happened at some of the theaters. There were some deaths. But, I mean, you make a movie about young gangs and the the gangs are going to want to come see the movie. And when you have rival gangs show up at the same theater, what's going to happen, right?
1: I mean, you know, what's the big deal? They're either going to shoot themselves in the movie theater or shoot themselves outside. It's not a big deal. And from what I read, it seems like there was like two shootings and they were in California. And it got overplayed. So what happened is the movie theater stopped marketing the movie for a couple of weeks. But the production right. company forced them to put it back up on and market it again, because they they put money into this movie and the, and it was overblown and so it went back in the theater and it was fine and it made the twenty two million. I don't know how much it's made sense. It must it must have made a lot more sense. It is a cult favorite now.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And in fact, it, it was a favorite back then too. In fact, even Ronald Reagan, who was president at the time, yes. was in the movie. Yes. Ronald Reagan
1: liked it. Well, you know, I, 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 he was a gangster, so um, you know he worked.
0: He worked for the Hollywood Union. Yeah, he knows all
1: about that stuff. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but, a couple but, other real we we didn't mention these A couple bit parts. Most stunt parts were played uh, actors that people this podcast are familiar with. Sonny Landham was was one of the cops. Of course, he plays Billy Soul He's the tracker and Predator, so you know him from that. Yeah, And then Steve James, great martial artist. He's in the American Ninja series and other movies. He He's also in this. He's one of the baseball furies in this.
1: Yeah, and so. one of the criticisms, you guys touched on it, I think, a little bit last week. Walter Hill and the female leads, not so great. This, this movie received some criticism for the Mercy character. She was kind of like... I don't know what you'd call it. I, I can't think now it's getting late, but she was just a, a a scarecrow kind of character. She was just put in there to be the female lead. I, I read some criticism saying, why did he even bother? Like, don't even put a woman in the movie. I, I don't agree with that though, uh, Jason. I don't know how you feel. I like the Mercy character. I thought it, it led to the sweet moment on the train with the students. She did help Swan out in, in the train station, even though he blew it off. And at the end, the whole thing that them to get, I think she was actually a pretty good female lead. So I I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I, not, up with, yeah, I'm not on, up with today's sensibilities though. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of this actress. Of course, you know, she started off with, well, actually not later on. She, she was in too close for comfort. That was after this, but you know, I'm a big fan of, of Deborah Von Valkenberg in, in the various things she's done. I think she's great in here. So, yeah. Yeah, that's...
1: so I, I think of all the actors in the movie i do think james rimar R- R- or remar he went on to being a lot more he, he's much more familiar people are going to know him followed yep. by uh the guy who played luther uh, uh uh david patrick kelly those are probably the two most famous actors to come out of this movie
0: i would yeah, say yeah because interestingly enough you know michael beck who played swan his other big thing is xanadu which is the next year
1: that's right. That's right. But after that, I don't think he, he did
0: too much. But uh well, I mean so he was in Mega Force uh, and you know, Mega Force is one of the great movies of you know of the eighties. So
1: yeah, yeah. So uh that's true. That is true. So I wanted to bring up something I don't know if you know about. Do you know the cast of the Warriors? Some of the Warrior members got together a couple years ago and made this YouTube video.
0: I saw that. Yeah, the reunion. I saw that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the re warrior reunion. So you could go on YouTube. And it's called The Warriors, Last Subway Ride Home. And they did this eight years ago. So if you like The Warriors and you haven't seen this, it's from 2015 or 2016. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. I ended up watching it. I, I did do some research to talk to you today. And I did watch. It's pretty cool. So uh and you can find on movie web. It says, watch the Warriors reunite to recreate iconic subway ride home. And it makes you want to, I think Jason and I are going to go up to New York in the summer and we're going to do, we're going to go from the Bronx to Coney Island on the subway and we're going to go overnight and we're going to, you know, we're going to sleep with whores and do whatever we got to do, get in a fight with the baseball bats and we'll re- recreate the whole thing ourselves next summer. Are you up for that Jason?
0: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not sure that my wife will be up for that for letting uh, me go do that, but we'll see what happens.
1: Maybe you get know. a hall pass.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, so this is, you, you know, I think we both agree. There's a great movie. We really enjoy it. Well, uh, I will tell you it's
1: a fully prone on the MW rating system, which is not prone, which means I'm really not interested in the movie. Partially prone where I'm interested enough, but I can't resist the urge to get up and clean the house or something to uh, fully prone. And I was, I'm always fully prone for the warriors movie um it's a great movie
0: yeah and and when you look at it even on the 3b scale the badasses boobs and body counts so badasses we have a bunch of badasses in this movie absolutely absolutely um boobs not so much i mean you have kind of a transparent shirt on mercy there yeah it's a little nip action a little nippy yeah but and body count we have body count. it's not huge but we have a body count in here you know, you know.
1: Interestingly enough, I watched this on AMC streaming on Sling TV, and they uh, fuzzed out her shirt when she was coming around the corner. Oh, that's really where you see her nipples. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they fuzzed that out on the AMC broadcast. And by the way, they also bleeped out all the curse words, which I I, I got to find another place. I can't stand that, and that
0: was really annoying. Uh, it, it not too long ago. You Know it was on sale on Amazon for $4.99. I don't know if it still is to actually buy it. For sale? Well, that's oh. not true to do it oh. to rent the to to do a long term rental of oh. the streaming. Uh, uh well, I found it, I,
1: yeah. So I have a Roku stick, I searched it on my Roku stick and it came up on it. Sling Amazon, so I also get sling. I, I but I've seen it, I just watched it like six or seven months ago completely unedited, uh, on like Pluto TV. And they don't Good. edit movies on Pluto TV. So it's on. you. Anyone out there listening, you'll find it. So I'm sorry, your 3B. Did we get through the 3Bs? I didn't mean to cut you off on that.
0: No, we did. So yeah. but so I think we both definitely recommend this movie. But if you were going to do a double feature, what movie would you watch with us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I really thought long and hard about that. Um, and I, I like kind of – so if I'm going to watch two movies in a row, I, I like to have like a theme. And what really struck me about this movie was um, that they wanted the Warriors to be more of a white gang and they and they really weren't. And, And it was a little unrealistic. And I don't care. That doesn't diminish the movie at all. But if I want to watch a movie about white gangs in New York, I'm going with gangs in New York. So I'd watch gangs in New York and then I would watch the warriors. Cause again, even though the warriors are supposed to be fiction and supposed to be maybe dystopian or happening sometime in the future, it touches on intentional. I don't think it's intentional, but Walter Hill touches on real themes. Mm-hmm. There were real gangs in New York in the seventies and sixties and eighties and 90s, and they really were fighting and trying to come up with tr- truces and things like that. So it, and gangs in New York the the with the DiCap, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh uh Daniel Day-Lewis and Karen, I like Cameron Diaz I don't know about other people I really like her uh that's based on real gangs uh in New York City back in back before you thought New York had gangs
0: right no yeah that's a great choice so I went the other way um obviously the easy answer to this which I'm not picking would be escape from New York right yes
1: i i And you know, I almost went with that one because this warriors movie does a good job either intentionally or unintentionally showing in certain scenes, the trash that really was in New York city. But you you know, New York is it's all trash.
0: Right. But you mentioned trash and that's going to take me to my pick actually. So my pick is 1990, the Bronx warriors, which is an Italian movie and the star and the the main hero of this movie is Mark Gregory who plays a character called Trash. And, <laughs> and um 1990 we, did not plan this. we didn't plan this people. We didn't plan this. No, we didn't. 1990 The Bronx Warriors is actually a 19 um 90 1982 movie and it's set in the future. It's a mix between The Warriors and Escape from New York and Mad Max and it's great. And and you I mean you have to just watch it. It's got Fred Williamson in it, it's got Vic Morrow in it. Um it, it's a great movie. You can find it streaming really easily, and it's a it's a great um, you know, top Italian copy of this movie. It's with, with some other things thrown in. It's great.
1: Oh, look at Jason pulling out those Italian movies, man. You love that Italian cinema.
0: I do, I do. So the The other thing we we, we want to mention before we wrap up, and I know we're going along here, folks. No, everyone's going to be
1: listening to every word we say in this one. This is a good episode. I'm telling you, it's a good episode.
0: Well, but if if you were going to use this to inspire a game, what what system would would you use for this? Yeah, or do you want me to go first and then and let you, then you go. I'll go first. I'll, okay. I'll be
1: fast. I really didn't want to say a D and D because that's pretty much all I play. I was thinking. I looked up systems for running modern games. I was thinking like Savage Worlds. I looked up a few other. I can't even remember. I was gonna say what they were tonight, but I decided not to because at the end of the day. Be- because there's only the use of the gun twice in this movie well actually the lizzie's use a gun also so the gun is used three times in this movie the rest of this is hand-to-hand combat or fighting with swords basically the bats this is a dnd story this, to me you got the party you have each member of the party plays a different role basically uh but they're all tough and can fight uh and they go through these series of really bizarre encounters. I mean, the the gangs are just absurd, right? They're each of them in their own right are just. And Cyrus, to me, is a cleric. So you start the adventure off. You're at some kind of religious gathering, and you got this charismatic cleric with all his followers, and he's up there doing his sermon, and he gets killed. Someone kills him, either an assassin or a thief, and they pin it on the on your your players. And now your players have to get out of there and get back to safety. So I hate to say it, I, I might even run this in my D and D, one of my D and D games, because this is a to me this is a D and D story. I mean, and, and you even had the you had the orphans who played D and D. I'm pretty sure in the middle. Right. So, yep. so what well, about you? Yeah. Jason?
0: Well, I I think you could run this with any game really, because it's a you know a story you can fit in anything. But I would probably use. I know most people are going to think Jason's going to say Cyberpunk twenty twenty, but actually, what I'm going to say is Street Fighter, the Street Fighter RPG. I thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it 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 cinematically fits this. You have a couple fights, and most of it's just interludes between you know and things. And I think Street Fighter would work pretty well for this because you want the fights to be meaningful and 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 kind of meaty so that's kind of why and, I think yeah that, but, and the, but, the bad re-
1: the reason why D and d is a bad choice is because the rules for hand-to-hand combat aren't that easy to run and i wouldn't i wouldn't if i ran this adventure i would i'd have it be done with the weapon and so I, all the fights would be done with the normal weapons but so i i had that on my list street fighter i had that on my list that was one of the ones because I, I was searching like rpgs for like gang fighting and they all and, you know it's amazing what google will pull up for you uh if you do yeah. a good enough search
0: yeah that's true so, well, I I don't want to be imposing on your time. I know it's getting late as we're recording this, so I'm, I'm going to let you go. But I want to thank you so much for joining me to discuss this wonderful movie.
1: You know what, Jason? I'm glad you did it. I did put a lot of research into it because, it's you know what, if you had asked me to do a movie I didn't really either really hate or really like, I wouldn't have been as thrilled or as prepared. I, I guess we went over, but I... I you know you knew a lot about the movie I did a lot of research about the movie. I've seen this movie like four times Mm -hmm. anyway which I don't normally see movies that often but I saw this with my friend Rob I saw it one other time when I was like in college I just saw it like seven months ago by just flipping the channel and then I watched it this last weekend and every time I watch this movie I like it even more and I always liked it too it's not like it's grown on me it's just growing more on me like a bad case of gangrene. It's just getting more and more of it. So I love this movie. And I do think everybody should watch it. So thank you, Jason.
0: Not a problem. Everybody check out NW show, The World's M.W. Lewis. Great podcast. There'll be a link in the show notes. And, you, you know, that's that's about it. I want to thank TJ for our theme music. Ray Otis for the coffee clip art. And I want to ask everybody, in the words of the great ones, Be excellent to each other. Who's on
1: the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Maybe it's your auntie or a joke about by your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box, what's in
0: the box, what's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I could see dead. Bring on the go, bring on the go. I want some more, bring on the go. Well, your butcher
1: is a dustman in your mollet by the tipper, and I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the woods, chipper.
0: Don't look away, don't look away Don't look away,
1: don't look away Well the zombies are arising and the world has gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.